Mic check, one, two, one, two. Yo, what's up, man? Is this thing on? <laughs> We're the Queued Up Podcast on Podcast, your weekly source for podcast news, tips, and tricks. From production to promotion and everything in between. I'm John Luckenball. And I'm Matthew Stevens. Two podcast experts ready to help you every Wednesday. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Queued Up Podcast on Podcasting. As always, I am Matthew Stevens, one of your hosts, and I'm joined by John Luckenball, the owner of Queued Up Audio. John, how are you doing this week? Matt, I'm doing excellent. We got an awesome episode this week with a bunch of news items and tying it back to some previous episodes with some case studies. What do we what do we have for them today? Well, we're going to be talking about uh, storytelling once again, which is always imperative in podcasting, the platformization of podcasting. We're going to revisit some branded podcasts and some news there. But first, we're going to start off with some industry news. And this stuff might not seem terribly important to you guys right now, but I think some of this stuff is uh, uh, maybe shows what is going to be happening over the next handful of months and years and some important notes to note. So let's start off with Linktree hires former Mouth Media Network's Mark Ricco as their new head of audio. And John, that's that's big news in the world of audio, certainly. It's unclear exactly what Linktree wants to do with audio specifically, that they needed to hire a head of audio. As you can see on Mark's LinkedIn page, he was the co-founder and CEO of Mouth Media Network, and more importantly, what might... Uh, clue us into what his new job with Linktree is, is he was the head of content and programming as well. So might uh, help guide us in what exactly Linktree wants to do with audio specifically, and that is create some content uh, around that or be able to help podcasters and uh, industry professionals create their own content, their own audio content in Linktree specifically, rather than necessarily just having to link to your various podcasts or clubhouse. Right. So most people might be familiar with Linktree on your social channels, I guess, primarily would be Instagram with the, since you're not able to post links in your actual posts, a lot of people post these Linktree links in their bios on top of their page, right? So when you click on these links, you're able to house a whole bunch of links that people can click on. I know, for example, our podcast page initially had a Linktree page where we would link to Apple, Spotify, Google, uh, all the places that we could go and listen to our podcast, as well as our website. What do you think would be the difference then with having Mark coming on board and and getting more into the audio side of things? How do you think that would change on their link that they create? Well, based on what he says here in his experience uh, in LinkedIn, develops and executes the audio channel strategy for Linktree, including as an expert and brand champion for Linktree in the audio content space and building an expanding presence in podcasts and on audio chat apps. My guess is that it's going to be further uh, integration with things like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the various podcast apps that are out there. And maybe instead of one of the issues I have with Linktree is you got to click on Linktree that then takes you to the page. Then you got to click on the thing that you actually want which then takes you to that correct page. So it's an additional click that you don't necessarily need to have. But if you have a embedded podcast player in there, if you have a way of hosting rooms, much like Clubhouse in that regard, 
you can potentially skip out on that extra click. Linktree, more importantly, gets all of that bandwidth. They get all of your information right there. They get you on their service longer, which is better for them. Uh, and then in addition to that, for podcasters and again, industry professionals that might be using the audio chat app uh, feature, you get new forms of discoverability. You get an easier way to use it. And more importantly, it pushes you maybe to go ahead and sign up for their pro quote unquote uh, version, which is, I believe, $6 a month right now. So this might just be a way for Linktree to further monetize their service, offer more benefits. So that way people like podcasters, especially pony up those those few dollars every month. Is this a way for podcasters to potentially monitor all their analytics in one place? Yeah, definitely. I, I think, uh, you know, if you look at Linktree's page, again, part of their pro subscription model is that you get access to the analytics and insights that, that you get off of there, uh, which is fantastic. So you'll get things like view and link clicks, unique views and link clicks, click through rate, location, referrer and device charts, social icon analytics, historical data and charts, and then download export those things, both daily and weekly totals, which is pretty awesome. So yeah, I mean, again, Linktree, if you're going to try to sell this service to podcasters, especially, it's you're currently dealing with a hundred other apps that are all giving incomplete data. Some of them are giving more, some of them are giving less, some of them are certified, some of them are not. Use our service. You're going to know exactly what you're getting every single time. And again, it's just an easier service to go ahead and use. So that's my guess is, yeah, that, that's going to be one of their selling points is really, truly tra track your data in a way that you haven't previously or most podcasters haven't been previously. Well, that's what I was going to say. So it's it wouldn't really necessarily take place of a hosting site that tracks no. like all your Apple plays or Spotify plays. But this would be a good way to see, oh, I've had 50 people on my Instagram account have gone to my Spotify link. So then you can you can kind of track how your social presence has correlated to downloads, right? Absolutely. And and one of the things we talked with Mark Asquith a handful of episodes ago about uh, Captivate's feature to be able to create a specific link in order to track where referrals are coming from. Linktree is also saying you can do that as well. Uh, you can track your location and refer information. And for me, as as more of a marketing person, it's nice to know that these people came off of this blog or these people came off of this social media channel cool, then I can, I can dedicate more time and more effort into those things in order to know those things and cater my content for those audiences more specifically or however I want to do it. Those things are super, super important. So yeah, just, just the more analytics, the better overall for podcasters, I think is good. And then, you know, like you mentioned, John, just being able to have all of that stuff in one spot, I think is, is a huge, huge uh, bonus as well. But Linktree isn't the only people out there doing stuff right now. Uh, it's been a busy month for Kristen Bell. She launched a new podcast and then proceeded to have to change the name. Uh, so the Shattered Glass podcast that Kristen Bell and her co-host Monica Padman had launched last month under the umbrella of the Armchair Expert brand. So co-founded by Padman and uh, Bell's husband, Dax Shepard, who you've probably seen on television or movies. Unfortunately, they're no longer going to be called the Shattered Glass Podcast because there already was a Shattered Glass Podcast, John. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, they got to change the name now. This is interesting, Matt. I guess two things really come to mind when I when I see this. One, research your name before you launch a podcast, right? I mean, it would have been pretty simple to 
you know, shattered glass podcast <laughs> and to see if there's anything that comes up before you before you use that name. Yeah, considering the previous Shattered Glass podcast literally has a website called Shattered Glass Podcast, it it a simple Google would have figured that out almost immediately. So clearly someone, like you mentioned, did not do their due diligence. Someone didn't bother Googling things. Or, John, as you and I were talking beforehand, the original Shattered Glass podcast uh, kind of pod faded, if we're being honest. They, they didn't really publish anything in the last two years. I think uh, on their SoundCloud, they've got an episode about a year ago, which is titled A Look Back, as though they were <laughs> wrapping up the podcast and saying it's done. So maybe they did do their due diligence and went, no one's used the name in two years. They don't exist anymore. Maybe we should launch our own podcast as that. But it's still for an organization that's sloppy. Well, that's just it, Matt. I mean, both the sh- I mean, they're not exactly the same podcast, but the topics are very similar with going over women who are breaking this glass ceiling right shattering glass people women who are doing extraordinary things and highlighting them they're both about that so i guess you could say maybe Kristen looked at us like oh here's my here's what i want to do oh they've used this that's an awesome name they haven't used it in years let's do this but they should have probably followed up with asking them or trying to pay them off before <laughs> yeah uh, launching it Something. because the aftermath it, it seems like it's almost a media grab by the old shattered glass podcast the way they came back like oh wait i mean after two years of absence now they're like hey we're still here <laughs> we haven't done anything but it's interesting and you note that the original shattered glass podcast not the Kristen bell version uh, had posted up a an open letter, a cease and desist, as it were, to Kristen Bell and the new Shattered Glass podcast. Uh, and on the homepage, it even mentions, this probably isn't the Shattered Glass podcast you were expecting, but dot, 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 here's a whole bunch of other information. So yeah, I don't knock uh, the, the ladies, uh, Marita Garrett and Monica Hirschberger, no. for using this. I mean, it, it, this is great for them. Uh, you get a chance to bring in a ton of new audience members who clearly it's a similar topic, as you mentioned, John. So you're not really going to be alienating your audience necessarily. It might not be the people they're expecting, but you might still land some of those people uh, as subscribers and fans, which is great. But you got to play it up the right way. And as we noticed, some of the things that have come out about this seemingly have come from PR press releases from the original Shattered Glass folks, uh, those ladies over there. So yeah. They clearly are leaning into this a little heavily to spread that story around to make sure that it's known that the original Shattered Glass podcast exists. Make sure you visit us if you want this information. Again, great marketing strategy for them. But if you're a podcast, wouldn't there be a better route? <laughs> wouldn't you um, create a podcast? Yeah, yeah. And, and John, that, that's a great suggestion. We also noticed that despite putting up press releases, despite the, those cute little quips on their website they don't have a new episode their last published episode on their own site was from 2019 so uh, as we were kind of talking about before this great but you might want to launch a new episode at the same time if you're going to go ahead and wait a week two weeks three weeks more you're losing all that ground you made so great you're sending out the press releases great you're letting everyone know awesome you're bringing a ton of attention on yourself new content nobody cares about content from two years ago they just don't New content, content is king. So ladies over at Shattered Glass, 
uh, Marita and Monica, and I'm probably, again, butchering those names. I apologize. Content's king. We say it all the time. Please put out a new episode. Leverage that audience that you're building right now and do something cool. And what's the other part of that phrase, Matt? Content Uh, is king. Content is king and (laughs) consistency is queen. So put out episodes, maybe do a weekly episode uh, uh, release schedule and, and, and start cranking those bad boys out. Get that audience in there and then let them know that you're going to exist for a long haul. That's going to get people to go ahead and sign on board who, who again, maybe might not have initially. Do it. Do it. Please do it. That's awesome. <laughs> we want more competition. I'm tired of listening to celebrities talk about their lives. <laughs> it's, it's not relatable. Their podcast concept is great. It's wonderful. Puts more stuff out like that. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's a rule that we probably could use for all podcasters, which is put out more content. Whatever content you're putting out right now, it's not enough content. Put out more content. Uh, speaking about putting out more content, John, the Olympics just started, and uh, NBC's over here knocking out podcasts left and right. They're launching a bunch of them. I think as of right now, the full lineup is my favorite Olympian, Peacock on her turf in Tokyo, The Greatness with Kareem Maddox from USG Audio, and Olympic Dreams, San Diego to Tokyo, uh, as well as In the Village. So. It looks like four, five, six podcasts that NBC have launched all around the Tokyo Olympics. Ooh, uh, go NBC. Congratulations. It's a lot of content. <laughs> kind of goes back to show the effects podcast can have on your branding, right? Yeah, absolutely. We were talking about this before, John. And one of the things that we've always mentioned is, in addition to create more content, is you can use podcasts as a way to extend your current content. So if you are a network NBC, for example, people are watching the Olympics. That's great, but they might want to know individual stories. They might want to hear some highlights. They might want to hear a bunch of different things. Leverage podcasts in order to get to the people that really want to dive more into the Olympics, into your program. Use that as a way to then expand your market, get those people more interested in the stuff that you're doing, get greater engagement, greater buy in from your audience, and they're more likely to go ahead and continue watching, especially if. You make sure they know this is an NBC-produced podcast, and they can watch the Olympics on NBC and NBC Sports and all the various programs, channels you have. Use that to then drive people back to the thing that you're monetizing the most, which is your television streams. So makes a ton of sense for NBC. Chances are a lot cheaper to produce than if they were doing on-site location filming where you have to have a crew and a host and all that stuff. You could do this from somewhere else a lot easier, a lot cheaper. And podcasts as a whole, because you don't have the visual element, tend to be, from a production standpoint, just a little bit easier to go ahead and edit and mix. John, you can you can tell me I'm wrong on that one all day long. <laughs> nope, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so it makes tons of sense for NBC to do this. So NBC isn't the only one doing branded podcasts. Yeah, Netflix also would be a great case study for the reason to create a branded podcast. Netflix has had 4.2 million downloads to date of their podcast, and the recent hiring of Nieri Eaton signals that Netflix intends to grow those numbers. So the Netflix CEO, Reed Hastings, says the aim of podcast remains to serve as a promotional tool for its video streaming service, not to make money on its own. We had mentioned this when Netflix had initially posted a job offering 
or something on another job board specifically for a head of podcasts that it made tons of sense for them. A, they could produce their own original content, but more importantly, as Reed Hastings notes, that, yeah, it serves as a promotional tool. I mean, we see it so often. The Walking Dead is is a prime example of this, of you have the show and then you have after The Walking Dead, in which they talk about the episode, they give you some behind-the-scenes stuff, they get a chance to do you know what DVDs always said they were going to do, which is give you all this additional content that they ultimately failed on almost immediately. Netflix is now able to go ahead and do that. And much like we mentioned with NBC, John, they're able to expand their offerings. They're able to create that better audience engagement, get those fans to become bigger fans, which then means you're going to sell more merch. It means you're going to have a build that type of a community. They're They're more apt to then continue watching the show, even when you have some maybe down moments. Again, ask Walking Dead fans. That's just it, Matt. Going back to our last week's episode about branding podcasts, this is a great case study showing that a podcast value comes from its audience engagement. 80% of people who download a podcast listen to it all the way through. Potential customers are more likely to follow companies and brands on social media. And according to Spotify, 81% of listeners have taken action after hearing audio ads during a podcast. So, Good branded podcasts allow a company to more gently market their services through engaging content. While each episode is effectively just a giant ad for the brand itself, by creating this unique content, listeners don't feel as though they're being advertised to. Instead, it can increase the listener's engagement and sense of community with that brand. And listeners are more likely to follow up with that brand's products or services later. A couple of key characteristics to keep in mind when creating these brand podcasts are that they're used to create scalable content. Like you said, Matt, expanding your audience, it helps keep your brand on top of mind and it helps your brand engage more consistently with its consumers. We're certainly seeing that with Netflix and NBC and their Olympic podcast coverage. Exactly. And, and John, you mentioned it as a case study. I think it's something to point out to any brands that are out there listening that this is exactly it. I mean, we're not, we're not speaking out of our butts here. We're not, uh, we're not simply trying to tell, uh, sell a service. So to help prove that point a little bit, uh, Hastings has a great quote that, uh, you know, I might get tattooed on me at some point. They're not a profit pool of any material size on their own, but they are helping. The reason we're doing them, podcasts that is, is to help the subscription service grow and be more important in people's lives. We're a one product company with a bunch of supporting elements that help that product give incredible satisfaction for consumers, and a monetizing engine for investors. Again, the CEO of Netflix just told you exactly why they're doing it in no uncertain terms that it is a, an additional promotion engine for your actual content itself. The stuff you actually want to monetize. Bingo. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Ta-da. So, you know, again, mypodcastagency.com. Sign up and we'll, we'll go ahead and help you create that content that is uh, quote-unquote, the monetizing engine for investors. So while all of that information might not necessarily help independent podcasters out there, and look, we we know most of our subscribers are probably going to be independent podcasters out there that want to learn how to grow their show and do cool things. Well, we've got some great news for you. If you're a Libsyn user, they have now partnered up with Canva. And Canva, for those people that don't know, is... Uh, it's kind of like Photoshop to a certain degree, uh, but in a browser, it doesn't let you do as many things, of course, but it's a great way to quickly create your cover art, uh, any promotional art that you're going to go ahead and do, 
and they have some free plans out there. So it really is a cool service. Again, maybe not as in-depth as Photoshop or as a handful of other apps are, uh, but it's something that podcasters are clearly using a ton, enough to where a hosting company like Libsyn then jumped up and said, we're going to hook up with them so that way it's easier for our users, our podcasters, to create their art, promote their shows, and do the things they want to do. Yeah, so in their new update, the integration will let you design your podcast logo and custom episode artwork for your podcast using Canva right from the Libsyn interface. The Vice President of Content Partnerships at Libsyn and past guest of the show, Rob Greenley, said, the integration with Canva was designed to enable our users to create both their podcast logos and episode artwork seamlessly without leaving our ecosystem. So the importance of cover art can't be understated here, Matt. It's one of the first things new listeners will encounter in podcast discovery. And Rob goes on to say, new artwork attracts new listeners. So refreshing your podcast cover art every now and then is highly recommended because your show develops every day. I mean, I think this is great, but not only Libsyn has partnered with Canva, Buzzsprout also recently partnered with Canva. This is awesome that you can create artwork through Libsyn. You know, you don't have to log out <laughs> or you don't have to log into an additional site, create the artwork, download it, upload it. You know, there's it's great to have it all in, like you said, one ecosystem. Yeah, and and having used Canva previously um, throughout my career, you know, bits and pieces here and there, my background's art, so primarily. So I'm used to Photoshop, I'm used to Illustrator, I'm used to the Adobe ecosystem. Canva offers a lot of really cool features that are easy and intuitive to use. So if you're not an art major in, in college, if you're not a designer, that's okay. Canva's got you hooked up. They got a ton of free templates. They have a ton of uh, design elements and photos and graphics and stuff that you can use in your cover art, in your promotional art. Uh, again, so that way you don't need to be an illustrator. You don't need to be some crazy artist. You can kind of slap something together pretty pretty easily on your own. Again, maybe not necessarily for the big podcasters out there who would like to have a team, would like to have something a little bit more polished, but Canva allows you to do a lot of that stuff. It reduces the entry barrier for podcasting for people, and that's an awesome service. So hats off to Libsyn, hats off to Buzzsprout as well for including Canva into those things and making it easier for their users to be able to get podcasts out there. So that's that's fantastic. It is. As far as Libsyn, this is just another feather in their cap to their latest growth and also acquiring Glow to supplement their advertising side of their platform. So it's awesome growth to see for, for Libsyn. Yeah. And speaking of growth for podcast agencies out there, iHeartMedia has teamed up with Sports Illustrated on a multi-year deal to co-produce at least eight new original podcasts. And more importantly for Sports Illustrated, iHeartMedia is now going to be distributing all of their individual podcasts, their existing podcasts. So, and we've seen networks, podcasting networks, especially around sports, launch recently. I mean, over the last handful of years, there are a ton out there. Sports Illustrated looks like they might be trying to dip their toe into that stuff a little bit more. And now they've got a great distribution partner in iHeartMedia who, as we've mentioned previously in the podcast, holds the very top spot for the most unique downloads. Now, granted, that is over something like 5,000 shows, so maybe not quite the same, but an important deal for Sports Illustrated because they get to uh, increase their audience. iHeartMedia gets a bigger stake with a major brand name like Sports Illustrated, so it seems to be a win-win deal for both companies. Yeah, it is. 
what's really cool here, though, Sports Illustrated will produce editorial and sports analysis podcasts, and there's a Sports Illustrated Studios that will produce scripted podcasts, limited series, and narrative shows. So SI Studios, they have been ramping up with a lot of docuseries lately, but the first podcast from SI Studios is a true crime series called Lateral Damage, and that will launch early next year. I want to highlight a quote here from Ross Levinson, the CEO of Sports Illustrated. This kind of goes as a case story for uh, our podcast a couple of weeks ago on the importance of storytelling. Now, he says, storytelling is at the core of what SI stands for, and the opportunity to partner with iHeart to create and distribute dynamic stories and shows featuring our incredible voices further expands our footprint. So I guess it would cu- it's a good case study for the last two episodes we've had, Matt. One, the branding episode, another way of branding, and two, the importance of storytelling and podcasting, that if you want an engaging podcast, it needs to have a good story. Absolutely. And, and for those people that maybe didn't listen to that episode, storytelling episode, we had our head of script writing, Izzy Manjo, on to talk about a little bit about her job and, and uh, how storytelling plays such a pivotal role in creating good content. Again, content is king. So that's fantastic. Sports Illustrated's there telling you the same exact thing, John. It is. Like you said, man, content is king. <laughs> There's new royalty coming to podcasts. Ooh. Who we got? After conquering TV and film, Stephen King will be adapting one of his stories to be a scripted podcast. Yeah, it's a eight-episode adaptation of his short story, Strawberry Spring, from King's 1978 book, Night Shift. Uh, it's going to be done by Audio Up Media and iHeart Media are collaborating on it. So, ooh, some pretty interesting stuff there, John. It is. I, this should play really well with the sense of rising popularity of fiction podcasts has been particularly influenced by the horror-thriller genre, such as, I guess, Welcome to Night Vale is a good example. Though Night Shift has produced numerous major adaptations over the years, Matt, including Children of the Corn, Sometimes They Come Back, The Mangler, Graveyard Shift, and Maximum Overdrive, Strawberry Spring, until now, was largely untouched by major producers in any form. It's going to be interesting to see how it could be adapted to podcasts. I think it's interesting, John, that you mentioned that uh, Strawberry Spring is the latest to be adapted, and it came after Maximum Overdrive. If anyone remembers the Maximum Overdrive movie, you are probably shocked by this. <laughs> that was not a great movie. No. <laughs> uh, then again, Stephen King has a, a history, I should say, of productions based on his stories not panning out very well, if we're being honest. Great writer, but a lot of his content, when it makes it to other ways uh, or other mediums, does not hold up quite as well. So it'll be interesting to see how this is handled from a podcast perspective. It looks like instead of just reading the short story in a podcast, they're going to be using it to kind of spawn a further story into it. So uh, uh, it should be interesting. It's going to be produced and I believe written by Lee Metzger, it's actually his first attempt at a scripted podcast. So that should be interesting. The cast of stars for the podcast is similar to Gimlet Media's Homecoming, which has since gone to Amazon Prime and then has been made into a television series. 
a pretty star-studded class. It I mean, is. You've got some major names in there that I know. So that's that's always a good sign. Again, you got Stephen King as a story writer in that regard. So you've got a good background, a good good baseline, good bones. We've talked about Stephen King already being in the audio medium with his audiobooks, but it's an entirely new ballgame to have them turn into scripted fiction podcasts with a large cast. They're essentially audio dramas. And this kind of revisits the idea of podcasts as a breeding ground for future screen adaptations. So I guess if, if this if it does well as a podcast, it's going to become a video or a TV series, right? What other King stories do you think could make a good podcast? I'd like to see a podcast version of The Shining. I think just the audio that you could do there, you play up the strings a little bit, you have the ominous music. I think you could really do some pretty cool things with that and tell a, a great story through audio and really engage audience members in that stuff. Langoliers are also a, a, a one that I like that they did not do a good job on the short movie they did, if I'm being honest. Uh, <laughs> again, most of his stuff doesn't turn out terribly great when it gets brought into to visual medium. So hopefully we'll see it with the audio. Uh, I'd like to see that redone. And again, you know, you can play up the audio really well. Uh, I, I think you can do some really engaging things there. There was another one that was supposed to be coming out as a film, but the Disney Fox merger seemed to have stalled that. And that's uh, the Boogeyman. That's a Boogeyman. Ooh. So that might be something that they might adapt to podcast first. You know, it's interesting, John. I, I think in podcasting, especially in the the narrative side of things, true crime horror seems to be kind of king of the pile. I mean, everywhere we keep seeing that's those are the ones that do the best. Mm -hmm. So it makes tons of sense for you to get the suspense and horror king, Stephen King, involved. I can't believe it wasn't done sooner, if I'm being honest with you. Uh, it seems like there are a lot of Stephen King podcasts out there, but this is the first one that is going to be based on one of his short stories and, and kind of in, involve that stuff uh, to this degree. So congratulations, uh, Mr. King. Uh, congratulations to the actors involved, and, and hopefully it's a pretty good show. And once again, it goes to show you that the story is probably the most important part of your podcast, right? I think television and movies so often leverage visuals. And what I mean by that is everyone's seen a Michael Bay movie where the story isn't great, but it's got big explosions. It's got transforming robots. It's awesome. It's, it's a visual feast for the eyes, but the story is a little lame. The acting might not be great, but they leverage that so well. You don't have that as a podcast. You don't have the ability to have a transforming robot. Uh, you can. It's going to be audio. <laughs> so it better be really good audio uh, and, and good story in that regard. So I, I think, yeah, I think you're 100% right, John. If you want to have a good podcast, no matter what it is, it could be business topics, it could be uh, narrative like this, it could be a, a ton of different things. A good story is going to be your hook always. Good audio ensures they're going to stick around beyond that and maybe tell their friends about it, uh, but you don't have visuals to rely on. So again, hopefully, as I've noted a few times, Stephen King adaptations have not panned out all that well. Hopefully by focusing in on the story a little bit more, uh, and, and driving those things rather than the visual elements of it, which has been some of the downfall of previous adaptations. Hopefully we see something uh, really compelling and interesting come here, but time will have to tell uh, if they cheap out on the audio, if they don't do it right, if they uh, maybe just read the book effectively, it, it might not turn out exactly the way that uh, everyone was hoping it to be. So keep your eyes, well, I guess keep your ears out for 
Stephen King uh, adaptation soon. Well, John, we covered seven crazy new stories that are coming out right now. I know typically we provide some tips and tricks, but you know we've had such great tips and tricks episodes recently that it's nice to kind of lean on the news to help support those things a little bit more. So that way, you people out there, uh, especially again, the independent podcasters, know that when we're saying these things, it's because it's based in reality and you're starting to see some major brands do a lot of the things that we've been telling you guys to go out there and do. So go back through our back catalog, listen to our branded podcast episode, listen to our storytelling podcast episode, and then go back to that Mark Asquith episode too, because that was really awesome. It was. Uh, and check out uh, Captivate.fm as well. So John, I'm pretty stoked about what we've seen here, what we've heard here today. Where can people maybe go visit us if they are interested in having their own storytelling podcast, their own branded podcast that leverages some of the things we've been talking about? You can go to our new website, mypodcastagency.com, or you can reach us on any of our social channels, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Awesome. So for John Luckenball and myself, Matthew Stevens, thank you very much for visiting with us today, hearing what we had to say about all these news items, and make sure you tune in every Wednesday for a new episode of the Queued Up Podcast on podcasting. Thank you. That's all for today's podcast news, tips, and tricks. You can find us at mypodcastagency.com or on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook at QDUP Audio. Make sure to share us with your podcast friends and follow us on your favorite podcasting app. Thanks for podcasting with us, and we'll talk to you next Wednesday.